It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. It's the final word, India, England Daily, with me, Adam Collins, and him, Jeff Lemon. I'm back in the UK. I'm back in my garden after returning and flying back in uh, yesterday. Jeff's still where he was, where we left him during the second test match. But first things first, tell us what happened on the first day of the third test in the space of 30 seconds. In 30 seconds, uh, it didn't work out well for England. It was a pink ball test. They won the toss. They stacked their team with seamers. They elected to bat, and then they got bowled out by a spin for 112. Uh, Zach Crawley made 53, and no one else made anything to speak of. Uh, they picked up three wickets by the close, but India have just about drawn level. Three for 99. Jack Leach picking up two of them. Virat Kohli out in the last over of the day. England, though, in trouble. They are, aren't they? It felt as though uh, when we're watching the toss and seeing how things play out, looking at the surface, all those sorts of cues you you look for before a test match that uh, three seamers were where England were going to go. And then to see Akshar Patel pick up a wicket with his first ball, they would have been like, "Uh uh-oh, we've pulled the wrong rein here. And of course, you know, a long way to run in this test match after one day, but Akshar was quite outstanding, six for 38, um, back-to-back five wicket hauls or six wickets in, in this case to start his test career. He's a classy operator, a especially when beating the inside edge of the right-handers. Yeah, well, that's exactly how he was able to have such an influence. It's the way we've seen Rangana Herath bowl so successfully for Sri Lanka, the way we've seen Ravindra Jadeja bowl so successfully for India. If you if you're left arm orthodox, you can come around the wicket to the right armour, and when the conditions are in your favour like this, your straight ball is the weapon. That's the wicket-taking ball. The turning delivery is almost for show. You turn it past mm. the edge enough to make the batsman think about it turning past the edge. Um, and, and then you nail them on the pads with the straight one. And that's exactly what 
what Akshar Patel did you know, first when he picked up Johnny Bairstow, um, then when he picked up Zach Crawley, and, and then he, he got Ben Stokes, the left-hander, coming over the wicket rather than around the wicket, but in the same fashion. Yeah, and, and so much happened between 74 for two and 81 for six. I mean, they lose four wickets in the space of no time at all and six by the time that collapses over. I think it was six for 21 or something like that. Um, but when Crawley, who passed the half century uh, in 63 deliveries, I think it was, and Root are batting together, after they won the toss and took advantage early on, especially Crawley, you're thinking, well, uh, maybe it's going to be a, a good day for England. But Akshar, as we mentioned before, he was so influential. Ashwin, likewise and it all came crumbling down for England's middle order who just couldn't get the job done again. Well, it was, I think, about um, Crawley looking as comfortable as he did against the fast bowlers. So India had a bet each way in that they had Jasper Bumrah and Ishant Sharma if conditions were more conducive to fast bowling. They mm. opened up and, and did the bulk of the early work and they were the ones that Crawley was looking so comfortable against basically anything that was full um, anytime they pitched up looking for some movement and there was swing there and there was bounce there early. Jasper mm. Boomer bowled some gorgeous early overs uh, but anytime he got a bit too full Crawley was uh, driving down the ground, drove through cover, whipped off his pads and, and looked a million bucks while he was out there for that half century but it was the, the tide of spin that that started to take over in the end and that's the way that we've that we've seen things go so anybody who was expecting a green grassy wicket um, was was fooling themselves and, and this one started to throw up huge sort of you know mad max fury road kind of pumes and plumes <laughs> of dust um, by the second half of the day yeah, and fantastic bowling from Ashwin as well. It's easy to kind of overlook him only taking three of the ten wickets, but the ball to pick up Root from around the wicket, and likewise, the, the just after lunch to Ollie Pope, just superb finger spin. Guile is probably the word there, isn't it? That drift across the right-hander on both occasions. Uh, I mean, we, we continue to talk about Ashwin, and he's perhaps in the, the form of his life at the moment, making a contribution. Every time he's got the ball, he's in England's head at the moment, I reckon. Yeah, well, it's... It, it's the way that he's you always worry if you're the batting side that he's got ideas that you haven't figured out yet and yeah. the way that he came around the wicket you don't always see him coming around the wicket you know it's 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 not something he relies on exclusively but it was the variation in the way he picked up uh, root and then pope because to Joe Root, he was around the wicket, he was floating the ball across and then turned it back savagely. He got it to pitch just in line with the off stump and turned back so that it beat the inside edge and trapped Joe Root leg before wicket. And then with Pope, it was the opposite. The ball didn't mm. turn at all, but it did drift across and then skipped on from the pitch. So Pope was playing down the wrong line. It beat him on the outside edge and actually knocked off stump out of the ground. It's not that often as a spinner that you get to knock the stumps out of the ground, but um, that gives you some sort of sense of the kind of soil that they were buried in which was so loose um, that it was just coming apart by, by the end of that first day. And then you turn the page and in reply, India, look, they, they didn't go at it hard early on. I doubt that Shubham Gill's faced 26 deliveries to start an innings and not scored ever before. He only uh, got off the mark for his 27th, <laughs> a lovely shot at that. But still, I mean, Anderson and Broad were able to keep it tight for the most part. They only conceded about one, one and a half runs per over in that initial stanza. But then Archer comes into the attack, immediately gets a wicket. Jack Leach, the next over, gets a second. They're on top and then the pressure transfers back to India, albeit briefly, because then that's when Rohit 
Sharma, Everett Coley combined for their 54-run partnership, I think it was, uh, pushing towards the end of play. And again, all that experience they have, right, they know that if they get so close to parity tonight and don't lose another wicket, now they do, but had they gone to bed two down tonight, really, there's almost no way England can win the game. Granted, um, yeah. England do get Coley just before stumps, thanks to Jack Leach and his straight ball. So we, we talk about the Akshar Patel straight ball. That was the delivery that was too good for Pajara, who's normally superb against left arm spin around the wicket. Leach was coming there. And very, very late in the evening, what became the final over of the night, indeed, um, again, it was uh, pushing uh, Coley back, trying to cut a little bottom edge onto the stumps. And he was absolutely gutted to get out that way after doing all the hard work alongside Rohit Sharma. Yeah, I think the psychology of the day was really interesting for mine because you, you watch the way England came apart. Four wickets in the first session, six wickets in the second session. I mean, they're bowling before tea on mm. the first day um, when they'd chosen to bat. And even though Broad and Anderson bowled a really good opening salvo, they had those 12 overs or so where they weren't giving anything away, they, they showed their quality. There was still the sense that uh, that India just needed to weather that and that things would change. And they did change with runs and with the wicket. So when Archer came on the extra pace, you know, it did mean that, um, that Rohit Sharma was able to hook him away for boundaries as well as um, Archer being able to break through and get the wicket of Shubman Gill trying a pull shot that wasn't really there trying to fetch it from outside off stump um, but uh, the runs started coming and India started getting away and, and England it was interesting to watch them starting to lose their rag at points there was an early catch yes. that was uh, that was not given uh, well it, it was soft signal was out on the field the third umpire overruled it um, said that Ben Stokes had grasped it the, the footage looked like he'd grasped it but it was one of these things we've mentioned several times during the series where the third umpire takes a very quick look at something and then makes a ruling on it there was only one camera angle used and it looked conclusive but you never know how things might look from a different angle given the foreshortening of the image yeah, and we saw that earlier as well when I think it was Jack Leach was caught uh, in, in the England batting innings. It took the third or fourth camera angle to be uh, conclusively sure that Pajara had taken that chance. So it was surprising they went through the process so quickly. Again, it was a criticism of mine uh, during both the Sri Lanka-England series and then the first test match at Chennai that why don't we just go through it in a bit more of a deliberative way? It doesn't seem to make sense to me. I mean, I think it was probably the right call, but it's always... In, I mean, there's no perfect solution when you're using a 2D image to interpret a 3D event. It, you can never know for sure. Um, Stokes was laughing and couldn't believe it was given uh, not out. He was sure he had a finger underneath the ball, even though it did give the impression that maybe it had skidded along the ground with his finger, something like that. But in any case, that was the early opportunity. And later on, you're right, Joe Root was very unhappy uh, with that stumping review. Now, there's no suggestion that Rohit Sharma hadn't got his foot back, but something about the process had displeased Joe Root. So you're right, there was a bit of niggle there, and I suppose that might be sort of the underlying frustration on a day where they didn't take full advantage and, and they should have after winning the toss and batting. We we talked so much about this Jeff during the second test match that after getting that chance, that prized opportunity on the first morning that India held on to it and took full advantage and England well it was the opposite today and that's who they, they really need to blame for the state they're in. It isn't about um, the umpiring or it isn't about the broader atmospherics it was that uh, their middle order went under pressure on a track that was different to Chennai I should say as well. Sure it did turn for Akshar um, and did for Ashwin at different points but it wasn't as though it was exploding turn when you feel like as a batsman you can be kind of out of control of the situation. There was nothing really like that. Um, in the end, really, England mm. missed a bunch of straight ones. Uh, they botched it. Yeah, um, I mean, that was 
pretty much how it played out. And and they got stuck in the crease a lot as well. I mean, most of those dismissals came, you know, you, you didn't see batsmen dismissed using their feet trying to get down to the pitch of the ball. It was staying at home and becoming a dartboard. And if you do that, yep. then you're liable to, to get one in the middle, um, in the, the little red circle. So they created their own problems in a lot of ways. But it, it did... It did get to them by that last session, and the fast bowlers as well. I mean, they kept losing their footing. There was a big sort of um, crater ground out from where the spinners had been bowling, where the back foot had been pivoting earlier in the day. And uh, Broad and Anderson both had trouble, sort of almost rolling their ankle in it. Um, they fell over a couple of times. Ben Stokes fell over trying to bowl, and they were all quite thrown off by working out how to try to land um, in in this this divot, you know, where their front foot was supposed to land. And so I think, you know, they need to use the time overnight to to cool off and come back to it as the professional side that we know they are on day two. Because if they do that, you know, with India three down, England could still be a chance to get a run on, um, bowl them out with a a lead of under 100 and then maybe find some way back into the match. Yeah, that's right. I suppose that's what they need to take from this. They're in arrears. Well, they will be in arrears very soon, but it's not kind of outside of grasp if they can have a big session tomorrow Mm. in the same way that India did today. And You're right, they do need to keep their cool. And look, the collapse as well. I mean, we've seen a few collapses from England recently, but under the coaching of Chris Silverwood, we pretty much saw 12 months where they didn't collapse. When you go back to South Africa and what they were able to do during the home summer against the West Indies and, and Pakistan, a feature of their test cricket was that they really didn't collapse on too many occasions. So uh, that's that's sort of a nagging pattern for them in recent times. What did you make of the... Oh, one, one last thing on the pitch, by the way. I've got a bit of a theory on that. It, looking at the pitch and the way that it's uh, appearing on television, when we saw it this morning or when, when the play started, it looks as though mm. the cut strip runs from crease to crease rather than from stumps to stumps. And by that, I mean the coloration of the pitch. It's quite green mm. where the back foot would land. So maybe it's a bit softer there, which is why there might be more of an right. indentation from the back foot earlier in a test match. I might be wrong. It's just kind of I, I'm, I'm adding two and two together based on the colour of the pitch. But if it's an issue for England, it'll it'll be an issue for India later in the test match. So they need to get they needed to get the the hammer out on on multiple occasions. And uh, and that was happening around the same time that the lights went out a couple of times. That new stadium, Jeff, um, hard to sort of overlook that in our commentary on today. Um, it got renamed this morning. Uh, I mean, it sounded fantastic, didn't that? When there were over fifty thousand people in there cheering on Coley and uh, and of course Rohit. Sharma who passed his half century late in the evening wasn't it kind of comforting to hear those sounds of a big Indian crowd uh, getting behind their heroes it's something we've missed a lot in the last 12 months yeah I mean that, that exactly that having the atmosphere having the the energy and the momentum I'm not too sure about having stadiums named after the current leaders of countries that yeah uh, that seems pretty grim from a political point of view to me and it was weird how that was really pumped up on the coverage as being this fantastic thing it was it felt like it was all becoming part of the propaganda machine so uh you know that that it, it strikes the wrong sort of note um from my perspective but that aside, um, but yeah, probably my my Hall of Fame nomination was uh, the fact that the lights kept going out they had to keep <laughs> stopping to make sure because there must be so many switches. It's a new stadium, you know, like when you move into a new house and you can't remember which switch turns off which. Or, oh shit! Oh, the, 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 is that the kitchen or is that is that the carport? Can you go outside in the carport and see if the lights on? Um, sticking their head out the window to work out which bank of lights was which. Um, it, it was it was a good time uh, for everybody except the England bowlers who were getting cross about that as well. 
well because they kept having it being delayed in the middle of overs. So it, it was a pretty erratic day all round. I know we're a bit erratic in the order we're doing the show as well, but um, I would maybe suggest a, an outside player of the day nomination, aside from Akshay Patel, might mm-hmm. be Rohit Sharma because his half century was really important. I mean, he's he's become such an important figure opening you know he averages over 80 opening in india at the moment and um averages high 60s opening all up for india in test cricket and you know that had he not um, been the center they could have been in some trouble today yeah, I agree with that. Akshar is my player of the day, but um, Rohit Sharma, I mean, we, we saw how important first innings runs were last week and, and Rohit was responsible for the majority of those for India and I suppose he's on a on a similar trajectory uh, so far today. My Hall of Fame is actually from quite early in the day and we had the no-ball klaxon back in force uh, when uh, India were bowling. They didn't, mm-hmm. there weren't that many no-balls in the second test at Chennai from uh, an England perspective, but we saw plenty of them uh, this time around and that klaxon went off uh, twice in an Ishant Sharma over but between times that's when he uh, picked up uh, the wicket of Dom Sibley so he's overstepped I think it was on the third and the the fourth ball of the over but between that uh, the next legal delivery uh, picked up the wicket so um, it serves to pick the moments to overstep of course they went through the process and checked that that wasn't a no ball as they always do but Mm. um, and and also just how loud that klaxon is it's taken me a couple of test (laughs) matches to realise that the klaxon sounds just like the start of the klaxons song Atlantis to Interzone which was a a big dance for dance floor thr- uh, fi- mm-hmm. what, what do we say a dance floor thriller I nearly said filler uh, back in 2007 so that brought back some good memories with some mates on social media today <laughs> the dance floor bangers um, <laughs> noting the no ball yeah I, I agree with that as Hall of Fame because there wouldn't be too many times in a player's career that you know either side of a no ball they pick up a wicket on the one time they do keep their foot behind the line and it was a gorgeous delivery as well from oh, yeah. Sharma. I mean you know you, you hear this talk about how it's really hard work being a fast bowler in India because of flat pitches but normally you bowl about two overs and then you hang out at fine leg for the next couple of days while India win the match with their spinners so um, you've got to take the most of your brief opportunities and Ishant Sharma did that with a, a lovely opening spell and that, that, that influences the fact that he's only taken 300 test wickets and this is 100th test match. You look at it and you kind of go, well, mm. most bowlers take a great deal more than that, but playing half your test cricket in India, you don't get those kinds of opportunities, but uh, he will certainly through the rest of this week. Jeff, that's probably the right place for us to put a full stop on our conversation. The first day at Ahmedabad uh, between England and India. If you like what we're doing on YouTube, follow the podcast. If you like the podcast, follow us on YouTube. I'll be here in my garden with a, a, a turtleneck and a, a jacket and maybe even a beanie on through the course of the week depending on how cool it becomes Uh, and for the time being I'm going to get some sleep so I'm jet lagged but Jeff uh, thanks for being down there at the other end of the line and looking forward to doing it all again tomorrow we will and if you like what we're doing we're at patreon.com slash the final word